And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, <laughs> listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. Comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving week. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to a Thanksgiving episode of the Abbott and Costello Show with special guest Jane Wyman from 1943. Then, Gildy is trying to get a B-ration book on a Thanksgiving episode of The Great Gildersleeve from 1942. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. You look just vivacious as ever. Really? There. Yeah. Wow. So vivacious. To what do I deserve this I don't uh, compliment? Know. Did you lighten your hair or wash it or do something like that? I took my once-a-week Did uh, you use shower. Prell? P-R-E-L-L, Prell shampoo. Yep. Yeah. Always. Oh, that's the, good. The yeah. green prop. And then you have the uh, wild root cream oil. I do, and I have hair Roma, tonic in Roma there. wine. Put some Roma wine in sure. there as well. And some anchor hocking glasses to well, put the wine it, in. Well, so it's we're all, all working. It's it's just uh, it's working, Lisa. Thanks. I feel great. really good. Too bad good. this is radio, so uh, oh, yeah. our listeners can't see how vivacious you are. Last time we listened to a, uh, a Thanksgiving episode of the Abbott and Costello Show, at least part one we did. And now it's time for part two. Here's the conclusion of the Abbott and Costello show from November 25th, 1943. Costello, Costello, where are you going? Oh, I'm going out in the backyard to feed Ingrid my turkey. You're going to feed your turkey with that bottle of stuffed olives? Oh, sure, Abbott. Ingrid's crazy about stuffed olives. No. She loves those little red worms in the middle. That little, little red worms. Costello, those are pimentos. Pimentos? How do you like that? For years, I've been throwing away the best part. Oh, please, you and that turkey, you drove Mr. and Mrs. Niles out of here. And this is my last word on the subject. Either the turkey goes or I go. Gee, Abbott. Now, that leaves me no choice. Well, I'm glad you've come to your senses. I'm going to miss you, Abbott. I, 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 what? I don't know why you're mad at Ingrid. I mean, after all, what did my turkey ever do to you? What did she do? What did she do? I was eating breakfast this morning, and she walked right up to the table and stared at me. <laughs> Why did your turkey stare at me? You were eating from her bowl. Oh, yes. <laughs> Who had a better right? Just a minute. I've heard enough. Where's that axe? No, no. Give me that axe. No, Abbott. Come on. Hey, Abbott, Get out of my way. Get no, out of my way. my turkey. Get out. Abbott. Look out, Ingrid. Look out, Ingrid. Run for your life. The Gestapo is coming. Ingrid. Ingrid. Oh, Ingrid. Oh, Ingrid. This should get me the Academy Award. <laughs> My turkey is gone. How do you know it's gone? Look on the ground, Abbott. The tracks? No, the slave bracelet I gave her. A what? You gave a turkey a slave bracelet? What else could I do? I couldn't afford a ring. Ah, Costello, did Ingrid mean that much to you? It isn't every man that 
They can have the love of a turkey. Abbott. What? Ingrid gave me the first egg she ever laid. I always carried it in my back pocket. May I see it? Okay. You know, Abbott, I should have had that egg hard-boiled. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at that. I... Costello. Costello, listen. Ingrid, over there in the next yard. Here, Ingrid. Ingrid. Come, Come here, Ingrid. Come, Come here. on, Costello. Come here, Ingrid. Just a moment, Robert. What's going on in here? What's all the noise? Say, look who it is, Costello. Our neighbor, Jane Wyman. the fellow I'm looking for, too, Costello. Do you know that your turkey ruined my entire victory garden? She just ate up my whole bed of radishes, and that will cost you $100. $100 for radishes? Yes. That's about $4 a burp. I thought... <laughs> you see, Costello, I told you that turkey would cause terrible, didn't I? Oh, yes, we are going great. Look, Miss Wyman, or Jane, Ingrid didn't mean it. You know, today's Thanksgiving. Let's forgive and forget. I mean, after all, it's all water under the bridge. Water under what bridge? What do you mean, under what bridge? How do I know what bridge? Then how do you know there's water under it? There's got to be water under it so the boats can go up and down. Why do they have to go up and down? Why can't they go across? All right, Smarty! Let them go across! Well, wait a minute. What happens to the boats that want to go up and down? Let him take an elevator! I'm a sucker to get into these arguments well, anyway! Well, why did you start it? Look, I didn't start nothing. I was just saying something that was... It's really used as a figure of speech, like uh, something like, Gone with the wind. What wind? What do you mean, what wind? Well, there's the east wind, the west wind, the south wind, the north wind. Any wind. Go ahead. Pick out one and that's it. That's immaterial to me. All right, the immaterial wind. Oh. <laughs> now, just a minute. Do you know what wind is? Yeah, sure. Wind is something that goes like this. <laughs> I mean, without onions. <laughs> Look, Costello, did you ever see wind? No. Did you ever touch wind? No. Then where does it come from? Where does it go? What is wind? I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, brother, you're full of it. Costello. <laughs> Please, how do you know so much? Well, because I read, stupid. Yes, and you talk, stupid. <laughs> Why do you two have to pick on me? Why do you keep saying silly things like gone with the wind? I told you before, it's an old expression like never the twain shall meet. What twain? What twain? The twain on twack twain! Now you got me talking baby talk. Then, then why don't you make yourself clear? Oh, David, what's the use of talking to you people? It's just like pouring water on a duck's back. Why did you do that? Do what? Pour water on a duck's back. Yes, what did the duck ever do to you? Look, the duck never did nothing to me! I mean, let's, let's talk turkey. Why should I talk turkey? I don't like turkey. Yeah, who are you to make people eat turkey if they don't like turkey? Look, Miss Wyman, I don't want you to eat turkey if you don't want to eat it. Oh, now you want her to starve to death. All right, let her eat turkey. Go on, eat turkey, Miss Wyman. Eat all stuff yourself, you glutton. No, that's fine. Now he wants me to get indigestion. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry I brought it up. It's all my fault anyway. I am willing to eat humble pie. Oh, you're eating pie. You didn't offer us any pie. Abbott, if I had a pie, I'd let you have it. You would? Yeah, right in the puss. <laughs> now, if you keep this up, I'm going to walk out of here now. Now, there's more way to skin a cat. When did you start that sort of thing? Start what sort of thing? Skinning cats. That's the last straw, kids. I've had enough of this. I'm taking my infant home. Come on, sweetheart. Come on. <laughs> 
There goes another four dollars worth of radishes. Costello, you're driving me crazy. That turkey is nothing but a troublesome nuisance, a disgrace to the neighborhood. That turkey is a malicious pest. Sir, you are speaking of the woman I love. Why, Lou Costello, do you mean that you prefer that turkey to me? Well, yes. What? You prefer a turkey to a lovely, charming, gorgeous girl like Jane Wyman? It must be the little Abner in me. I mean, after all, you, you folks don't understand what Ingrid means to me, Jane. Every minute of the day, I can hear her calling to me. But I'll make you forget your turkey. Here, let me put my arms around you, like this. I can still hear my turkey calling. And maybe I'll put my cheek next to yours, like this. I can still hear my turkey calling. And now, I kiss you tenderly. Now, can you still hear your turkey calling? Mine. How quiet the turkey is tonight. Oh, get out of here! All right, what's the matter? Wait a minute, take it easy. Hey, now. Am I out of breath? What's the matter? What happened? My little, my little turkey. My little turkey. What's the matter? My Ingrid. My Ingrid. What? Gone again. Oh, that's it. <laughs> my all Ingrid. Right, all right. I don't know what to say. I, I... My Ingrid has L- gone Lord, again. I wish I could comfort you. <laughs> you can, Abbott. How? Kiss me. Oh, shut up. Now, come on. Get back to I'll answer it. Hello? Eh, what's up, Doc? What's cooking him ahead? Oh, it's Bugs Bunny. Hey, Doc, I'm calling you from the drugstore. Look, I can't hear you, Bugs. Get closer to the phone. I can't. Why not? The drugstore's closed. <laughs> Look, I ain't got no time to talk to you now, Bugs. I lost my turkey. Hey, uh, was it red and green? Yeah. And uh, with brown feathers, uh, beautiful black eyes, yep, and a yep. cute little turned-up beak? Yeah, that's it. Have you seen it? Eh, uh, no. <laughs> then what did you call me for? You haven't got my turkey. No, Doc, but I got you a goat. <laughs> Ah, get out of here, will you, Bugs? Oh, stop wasting time, Costello. If you want to find your turkey, let's call a cop. Come on. Okay, come on. Help, Help, please. please. Oh, copper. Hey, copper. All right, I'm coming. Oh, policeman. Are you a cop? Why, of course I am. Call me a policeman. Now, listen, no remarks, please. Hey, policeman. Now, look here. I'm a cop and my name's O'Rourke. Did I hear someone yelling for help? Yes, officer. I'm Bud Abbott. We have a turkey missing from our backyard. We were raising it. Oh, I see you're raising some nice fat hogs, too. Take that club out of my stomach. All right, all right, shut up, please. Uh, let's start looking for your turkey, please. Uh, where do you want to go first? Come on. I'm going to start at Jane Wyman's house. Jane Wyman? The movie star? The cute little number with the... Uh, the trim little package with the... Uh, uh, the gorgeous little babe with the... Uh, uh, That's uh, the dame and stop drooling. Well, stop arguing. Here we are. Knock on the door. Well? Is your husband home? I haven't got a husband. Oh, darn it. I always make that mistake. <laughs> Used to be a nice man. <laughs> Look, Miss Wyman, how come it took you so long to come to the door? What were you doing? Hiding my turkey? Well, if you must know, you caught me in an awkward moment. I was frying a couple of eggs in my kimono. That's very funny. My mother always uses a frying pan. <laughs> now, stop that, Costello. You'll have to forgive him, Miss Wyman. I suppose you uh, think he's a perfect idiot. Oh, no. None of us are perfect. Uh, well, look, this isn't helping us find the turkey. What do you suggest, O'Rock? Well, now, that's easy. The three of you take one side of the street, and I'll take the other side. We'll make a house-to-house canvas. Put your faith in Patrick O'Rock, and I'll find your target. Why, you couldn't find a drunk skunk in a trunk. <laughs> Could you? 
I could if the wind was right. Oh, come on, let's go. What is it? Well, I'm Jane Wyman, and this is Bud Abbott, the party who lived across the street, and this is Lou Costello, the party who lives next door. Now, this third party claims that I, the first party, took his turkey. So all three parties decided to call on you. Not interested. <coughs> Too many parties already. <laughs> Open the door, lady. I'm looking for a turkey. Oh, I can't come to the door. I'm not fully dressed. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Are you trying to make a liar out of this keyhole? <laughs> oh, Costello, this is a waste of time. You'll never find Ingrid. Yes, and I've got to get home. I have a turkey cooking in a pot. Hey, but think of me. I haven't got a turkey. No, but you've got a pot. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I'm not... Hey, did you hear that? Hey, Abbott, it's Ingrid. My Ingrid. And she's in this house. Well, come on, let's get her. Good. Open up in there. Open that door. How do you do, everybody? It's Officer O'Rourke. Look, what did you do to my turkey, O'Rourke? It's nothing but skin and bones. Put me down. I'm Mrs. (laughs) O'Rourke. Excuse me, lady. The feathers on your chin fooled me. Look, Costello. There's Ingrid out in O'Rourke's yard with another turkey. Well, Costello, I've got quite a shock for you. Your Ingrid and my Tom were married this afternoon at the little coop around the corner. (laughs) Ingrid is married? I'll have it or no! (laughs) Ingrid, come here, Ingrid. Come here, tell me everything. I'll understand. Tell me it ain't so. (laughs) You mean you prefer Tom to me? But, Ingrid, can he support you? (laughs) Ingrid, how does he stand in a draft? (laughs) Well, all right then, Ingrid. That settles it. Wait, settles what? Lou, what'd she say? What are you asking me for? I'm no turkey. Oh, come on home. Good Good night, night, folks. folks. Good Good night, night, everybody. And that's the Abbott and Costello Thanksgiving show from November 25th, 1943, with special guest Jane Wyman. And you heard Mel Blank as Bugs Bunny on that show. That was on the Red Network, originally sponsored by Camel Cigarettes, but we removed all of the Camel Cigarette commercials because you can't air cigarette commercials on the radio. When we come back from the break, it's a Thanksgiving episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Don't forget our website, Hollywood360radio.com. We have a podcast there of our show. If you ever miss Hollywood 360, you can just go to Hollywood360radio.com. Check our podcast out. And one of the things you don't want to miss is Remind Magazine. Look at this, Lisa. I got the uh, latest issue. This is the November issue, and it's all about scandals in nostalgia. We have scandals with, of course, uh, Betty Davis there and Joan Crawford. You know, their big feud in Hollywood. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane was the movie that they were in. There are scandals about Marilyn Monroe, Jane Fonda, 
Frank Sinatra, and many, many more. There's all kinds of great articles. There's posters. It's all about movies, TV, radio, and, of course, I write an article called Radio 360 in every issue, and it's about how CBS lured Jack Benny away from NBC. It's a very interesting story, if I do say so myself. And then, of course, we have our Hollywood 360 schedule in every issue. So our listeners really should subscribe to Remind Magazine. They'll love it. And it's available at newsstands everywhere. Or you can go to their website and save about 60% off the newsstand price by going to RemindMagazine.com. That's RemindMagazine.com. Okay, it's time now for the Great Gildersleeve, the Good Thanksgiving Show. Let's uh, let's tune in to a November 22nd, 1942 episode starring Hal Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. The Kraft Cheese Company, who also bring you Bing Crosby every Thursday night, Present each week at this time, Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by John Wheaton. Well, let's get on to the Great Gildersleeve, who's been putting in a busy Saturday morning down at the water department, trying to clear his desk of all the odds and ends that have piled up there. As we join him now, we find him almost down to the blotter and feeling pretty good about it. Action, yes, action. That's the keynote today, Miss Fitch. And you have accomplished a great deal this morning, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yes, sir. Never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. I try not to. Uh, Procrastination is the thief of time. Uh, There's a letter here. Time and tide wait for no man. This woman wrote in two weeks ago. For want of a nail, the shoe was lost, Miss Fitch. Action, that's the thing, action. (laughs) Mr. Gildersleeve, are you going to answer this woman's letter? What does she want? Action. Sure. (laughs) Well, uh, let's see the letter. She says she wrote in two weeks ago and never got an answer. Oh, oh, yes, I remember this. Uh, Take an answer. Uh, Dear Madam... In reply to your recent letter regarding a kneel in your bathtub, (laughs) we wish to thank you for calling this to our attention. After a thorough investigation of the matter, we wish to report that it would have been impossible for the said eel to have gained access to your tub through the faucet. All our water is carefully filtered, and furthermore, standard plumbing fixtures are too small to accommodate a kneel of the dimensions you describe. (laughs) We can only suggest that the creature either crawled up the drain... In which event your attorney should get in touch with the Department of Public Works, not us. Or possibly it was placed in your tub by an enemy. While it's out of our department, we'd suggest that a stopper kept in the tub at all times should prove an effective precaution against eels in the future. (laughs) Failing which, we'd advise a closer check on your friends. (laughs) Very truly yours, Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, Water Commissioner. You got that? Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve. That ought to hold her. What's next? Well, I don't know whether you want to do anything about this. Let's have it. Action, Miss Fitch. Let's clear the decks here. Uh, very well. This is no time for bottlenecks. Uh, no. Uh, this You'll is... notice that in every photograph of Donald Nelson, <laughs> there's not a single paper on Donald Nelson's desk. That's the only way to be an executive. Do it now. Strike while the iron is hot. Come, come, come. What have you got there? A six-month reminder from your dentist. Well, suppose you put that in the deferred file That's where it came from (laughs) You're a hard woman, Miss Fitch (laughs) All right, call up the dentist and make an appointment for Monday Good For Leroy (laughs) Come on, let's get on here, time's a-wasting 
Hey, have you got the application for my B-gas ration? Yes, it's right here. Oh, I must remember to get that in this afternoon. It's all filled out. All you have to do is sign it. I better check it over. Let's see here. It says, uh, occupational use of the vehicle. If vehicle is used for driving between home and fixed place of work, in the principal occupation as stated in items four and six above, answer all questions in part A below. <laughs> If vehicle is used in the performance of the principal occupation stated in items four and six above, oh, brother, I'll take your word for it, Miss Pitch. <laughs> oh, uh, you also have to get the signatures of any person sharing the ride with you. Oh, well, Judge Hooker is my share of the rider, but he isn't speaking to me. He can darn well sign, though. I understand very few people are going to get the B rations. Oh, I'll get one, all right. After all, I'm a city official. I have to do a lot of official driving. I'm entitled to one if anybody is. Yes, but uh, have you heard who's head of the ration board now? It, it doesn't make any difference. Who? Judge Hooker. Judge <laughs> Oh, my goodness. If Hooker will find some technicality. He'll block it if he has to stage a filibuster. Maybe I better invite the old goat to Thanksgiving dinner after all. That might soften him up a little. Yes, certainly. Mm-hmm. He couldn't accept a man's hospitality and then trick him out of his B-card, could he? <laughs> I don't recall that the application form covers that. No, I didn't think that. So. Quiet. Here comes the old sourball now. Well, hello there, Judge. <laughs> and does the bus leave, Gildersleeve? Yeah, the bus leaves whenever you're ready, Judgey. I'm ready now. Be right with you. Can't keep a customer waiting, can we, Miss Pitch? I'll get my hat and coat. Mr. Gildersleeve, yeah. you're not forgetting. Forget uh... you. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you. While you're waiting, Judge, Miss Pitch has an application blank there that requires your signature. A mere formality, you know. What's this? Uh, just to show that I'm sharing my car with you. Oh, so you're applying for a B-ration book, huh? Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Give the judge a pen, Miss Fitch. Here, oh, use mine. It's a self-filler. I think you'll like it. There, that's it. There you are. Thank you, Judge. Well, see you Monday, Miss Fitch. Oh, uh, by the way, Horace, I meant to ask you before. I hope you'll give us the pleasure of dining with us as usual on Thursday. Mm, I thought you'd forgotten all about Thanksgiving. Not at all. Thanksgiving wouldn't be Thanksgiving without you, Horace. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> That's the first portion of the Great Gildersleeve. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. Before we get back to the conclusion of The Great Gildersleeve, I want to remind all of our listeners about my book that I just wrote with Martin Grams. It's called The Top 100 Classic Radio Shows. And if you love classic radio, you will, I think, love this book because it chronicles the top 100 classic radio shows of all time. The Shadow, Jack Benny, Suspense, Burns and Allen, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Sherlock Holmes, all your favorite radio shows are chronicled in this big 224-page coffee table book. And along with uh, all of the information about these shows, there's also 78 classic radio shows that you get to log on to a special website and digitally download 78 programs. Plus, there's three CDs in the back of the book that have six classic radio shows on it. And the entire book is only $29.99 plus shipping and handling. And if you order it from my website, 
I will be happy to personalize and autograph it to you absolutely free. So just go to Hollywood360radio.com, Hollywood360radio.com, and when you go there, there will be a pop-up that uh, talks about the book. You can click it to learn more, and then if you want to order it, just order it right online. It's available right now. Go to Hollywood360radio.com and order your copy of the top 100 classic radio shows. All right, it's time for the conclusion now of this Thanksgiving episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Stand still, Leroy, now while I fit this. I feel like a sissy in this fool outfit. This is the kind of clothes the pilgrims wore, and they were no sissies. Yeah, but they didn't have to wear them in front of a whole auditorium full of people. Stand still, will you, before I jab you with this pin. Courtship of Miles standing. Why don't you speak for yourself, John? Yeah. Oh! Told you you'd get stuck. No. <laughs> I think you're going to look real cute when I get this down. That's just what I'm afraid of. That's what the whole school is going to think. Leroy, will you stand still? It wouldn't have been so bad if I was Miles Standish. I'd get to wear a helmet. But John Alden, that panty waist. I'm lucky the teacher didn't make me play Priscilla. <laughs> I don't see why you feel that way. John Alden is a hero. Remember, it's John Alden who gets the girl. Yeah, Ethel Hammerschlag, he can have her. <laughs> hello, Uncle Mort. Well, hello, Marjorie. And Leroy. Hello. Well, look at our little pilgrim. Hey, Marge, can't I take this off now? No, wait till I get it pinned. Do you know your lines yet, young man? Some of them. Well, it's about time. You've been rehearsing that part for a month. I've been trying to get out of it for a month. That's no attitude to take. The courtship of Miles Standish is great literature. I studied it in school myself. I remember it to this very day. Uh, this is the forest primeval, the murmuring pines and the hills. That's Evangeline, Uncle Mort. Eva- well, that's good, too. <laughs> uh, let's hear you recite that speech you were having trouble with last night, Leroy. No, I don't want it. Come on now, I want to see if you've learned it. Oh, some other time, Uncle. No, right now. I'd like to hear it. We both would. Wouldn't we, Marjorie? We'd love to. No, I won't do it. Not if she's going to listen. Young man, you'll recite that speech or you'll go right upstairs to your room. Okay. <laughs> We're waiting. Let's see. Uh, um, pretty Mistress Priscilla, turn out of that field of the suit of one who the wife's yet, uh, yet, uh... Yet loves thee with a noble and undying passion. Go back and try it again. Do I have to? Yes. If you don't keep at it, you'll never learn the part. If I don't learn the part, maybe we won't have to do it. <laughs> you'll do it or I'll know the reason why. Come on now, once more. Pretty mistress. Pretty mistress. I can't say it. You're not trying. <laughs> Pretty mistress. Now <laughs> <laughs> you've got me doing it. Oh, Bertie, I want to talk to you. Leroy. You go up to your room and practice. Don't old Miles Standish anyway. Uh, quiet, you. <laughs> Bertie, I've invited Judge Hooker to Thanksgiving dinner. So that'll mean one more. That'll mean five more. If what? Yes, I hope you don't mind, Uncle Mort. I invited four of the boys from Camp Fuller. Oh, well, fine. The more the merrier. Thanksgiving isn't Thanksgiving unless there are plenty around to enjoy the turkey. Uh, speaking of turkey, Mr. Gilsley. Uh, yes, Bertie? You wouldn't want to buy a chance on one, would you, I don't suppose? Uh, what do you mean, Bertie? Well, the ladies at my church is holding the turkey raffle. Again? If, all right, I'll buy a chance. How much are they? Twenty-five cents. That's for one. One chance. There you are. There's a quarter. Thank you. Most everybody around here has bought one from me. All the neighbors. Well, you're doing fine. Of course. You used to buy two chances. It stands to reason you'd have twice as good a chance as they have. Yeah. <laughs> no getting around that, Bertie. All right, I'll take two. Mr. Gilsleeve, you're making no mistake. 
Turkey's awful expensive this year. Yes, I know, Bertie. Forty-eight cents a pound a day, one grocery. Oh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can just used to buy three changes, you'd still be ahead. <laughs> Sold, Bertie. Make it three. Yes, sir. Let's see now. How many is it going to be for dinner? Well, there's Marjorie and Leroy and Judge Hooker and Mrs. Ransom and the four soldiers and you, Bertie. That makes nine. And you? That makes twelve. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me. That's going to take a big turkey. Well, maybe we should order one right away and ask him to hold it for us. Well, let's wait and see how this raffle comes out first, Marjorie. We don't want to be stuck with two turkeys, you know. Of course, they've sold quite a lot of chances on it. You've only got three. Uh, Bertie, if you can guarantee I'll get the turkey, I'll take five chances. Well, I can't promise nothing, but my cousin's doing the drawing. <laughs> I'll take five. Well, that'll be a dollar and a quarter. That's right. Well, here's another dollar. That's quite a lot of money. Yes, it is. A dollar and a quarter will buy a lot of things. Don't I know it. And you wouldn't like to take a couple more chances just to protect your investment. <laughs> you get out of here, Bertie, before you ruin me. I got to get down to the ration board. That crowd. It, pardon me. It, could somebody tell me whether this is where you get B ration books? No, this is where you don't get them. <laughs> yeah, wise guy. Uh, madam, would you mind? You can't shove in here. I'm not trying to shove in. Right, end of the line. End of the line. I've been waiting here since two o'clock, and you come trying to shove in. Yeah, madam, I was merely trying to ask a civil question. Right, end of the line, yeah. bud. Just a minute. Who do you think you're pushing? Well, who do you think you're pushing? Well, who do you think you're pushing? Why, George, if you weren't wearing glasses... Well, I'll take them off. There. You look worse. Put them back on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what's the fuss here? What's the fuss? He tried to shove in ahead of me. I did not. He did, too, and he squeezed my hand. Oh! <laughs> now, look here, my good woman. Well, you'll have to ask for order here, my friend. Why don't you just take your place in the line? I'm trying to find out whether this is the right line. I've come for my B-ration book. Oh, you've come for it, huh? Yes. I have my application right here. Uh, you and a hundred million others. What? <laughs> Young man, evidently you don't know who I am. I happen to be Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, and I have to do a lot of driving. Where to? Well, out to the reservoir. To the reservoir? What for? To see if there's anything in it. Yeah? <laughs> Listen, brother, if we gave a ration book to everybody who wants to drive out to the reservoir for a little necking in the moonlight... I don't do any necking in the moonlight. Oh, you like it in the dark? Yeah. No! <laughs> And I didn't come here to be insulted by underlings. End of the line, bud. Yes, end of the line. End of the line. Oh, shut up. Oh, Judge, I want you to tell this young whippersnapper here where I get where he gets off. Well, now, Gildy. He has the nerve to tell me I'm not entitled to a B-ration book. Well, he may be right, Gildy. You're only sharing the ride with one person. You can't throw those technicalities at me, Hooker. You're the share of my rider. You signed this application yourself. I know that, Gildy. As a share of the rider, I'd be delighted to see you get your ration book. But as a ration official, I couldn't possibly pass this application. My conscience wouldn't allow it. All right, Judge. As a ration official, you needn't bother to come to Thanksgiving dinner. And as a share of the rider, from now on, you can walk. And the line. Oh, you can have your old line. Now back to Summerfield and the great Gildersleeve. Apparently, he'll get no more gas than the rest of us. But uh, what about turkey? 
It's Tuesday afternoon now, only two days before Thanksgiving. We find our hero checking last-minute details with Marjorie. What about those four soldiers, my dear? Are you sure they're coming? Oh, yes. I had a note this morning from their commanding officer. They'll arrive at 12 o'clock sharp in a jeep. A jeep? Mm-hmm. Oh, brother, what an appetite they'll have. <laughs> I'll have to run around the house a couple of times to get myself up to concert pitch. Can't let the boys show me up at my own table. I don't think you need to worry about that, Uncle Mort. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we're all set. Soldiers accepted. Hooker canceled. Mrs. Ransom. Uh, Mrs. Ransom's coming, isn't she? You invited her, didn't you? No, I thought you'd take care of that. You're the lady of the house. Oh, but I thought you'd want to. Oh, dear. And I went over there this morning to borrow a roasting pan for the turkey and never said a word about it. Uh, what, must, what must she think? Oh, this is terrible. This is awful. I'll run over there right now. Serves right. She's made other plans. A fine thing. Borrow a woman's roaster and not invite her to dinner. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve. Eh, Leela, I've come to explain. I don't know what there is to explain, I'm sure. Uh, may I come in? Well, I'm rather busy. Just for a moment. Well. Leela, of course you're coming to Thanksgiving dinner Thursday. Well, I'm hardly in the habit of going to places to which I've not been invited, Mr. Gildersleeve. It, but you are invited. You've been invited all along. It was a mix-up, that's all. I thought Marjorie had asked you, and Marjorie thought I had. How do I know? How do I know you're not just inviting me for my roasting pan? <laughs> Lilo, when I thought of inviting you, nothing was further from my mind than a roasting pan. <laughs> oh, you say those things, but you don't mean them. It's the truth. You were the first one on my list, Lila. Was I, Throckmorton? Sure enough. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, but I'm afraid I couldn't accept it this late date. You see, I've had all these other invitations. Oh. If I turn them down now, I know they'd be heartbroken, much as I'd like to have dinner with you. We're having a 20-pound turkey. I love turkey, but I'm afraid I can't. I'll save you the white meat. No, don't tempt me now. I'll save you the wishbone. We can make a wish on it. What would you wish, Throckmorton? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell you Well, I don't know that I could trust you with a wishbone And and anyway, I've promised these other people But you've got to come, Leela Marjorie and Leroy will be terribly disappointed if you don't So will I So will Bertie If so, will the Army? The Army? Yes, we're having four young lieutenants to dinner, too. Throckmorton, why in the world didn't you say so? You mean you'll come? Will I? You're too good to me, Leela. (laughs) What did she say, Uncle Moore? She's coming with bells on. I wouldn't put it past her. Huh? Uncle Moore, can I borrow your shotgun? No, Leroy, certainly not. Why? supposed to bring a gun to school tomorrow. What kind of a school are they running? A reform school? <laughs> no, Miles Standish has got to have a blunderbuss. A blunderbuss. Here's your building suit, Leroy. I pressed the collar, so don't mess it up. Oh, put it on, Leroy, and show Uncle Mort how nice it looks, not finished. Oh, no. Go ahead. You look real nice in it. I look like a sissy in it. You look better than you do in that Mickey Mouse sweatshirt you wear all the time. Yeah, and cleaner, too. <laughs> put on the pilgrim suit, Leroy. Oh, uh... Your sister worked hard on it. Won't do you any harm to put it on once. Go ahead. Okay. I'd like to meet that guy Longfellow. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bertie, you think we're going to have enough turkey for all these people Thursday? I don't know, Miss Gilsley. Let's see now. We've got four soldiers, and the four of us here, and Mrs. Ransom. What about Judge Hooker? Judge Hooker is an ungrateful old goat. Never mention his name in this house. Excuse me. I didn't know it was like that again. 
There'll be eight of us at dinner. And you know the way soldiers eat. You think we ought to figure on two turkeys? I don't know, Mr. Gillsleeve. I don't know what we ought to do. What's the matter, Bertie? You seem to be sort of dragging today. <laughs> I don't know. I don't guess I feel so good. Out a little late last night? No, sir. No later than usual. I just got a feeling, that's all. What kind of a feeling? Like things wasn't going to work out somehow. Oh, well, don't let it get you down. Uh, by the way, when are they going to raffle off that turkey I bought all those chances on? Yes, we can't wait much longer to find out about that. Thanksgiving's only two days off. I was thinking, Mr. Gillsleeve, how would it be if we had a nice ham instead of a turkey? <laughs> Bertie, are you hiding something from us? No, sir, I ain't hiding nothing. Except they had that raffle last night. Oh. You came close, Mr. Gillsleeve. You came mighty close. The winning number was 61 and you had 62. <laughs> but it still leaves us without a turkey. Well, sort of. Oh, well, if you gamble, you have to expect those things. Well, we better order a turkey right away, though. Yes, we can't invite all those soldiers to come 20 miles for Thanksgiving dinner and have no Thanksgiving dinner. Well, I'll go call up the market and reserve one. That's just a trouble. What do you mean? I called up the market and all the turkeys is reserved. You mean they won't sell us one? Butcher says there ain't a turkey left in Summerfield. I don't know what's the matter. Last week, no pot roast. This week, no turkey. <laughs> well, we've got to have a turkey. We've invited all these soldiers. We've invited Mrs. Ransom. We've got to find one. But where? Don't ask me. All right, Unc. How do you like it? Like what? The pilgrim suit. Oh, forget the pilgrim suit. We just lost our turkey. No turkey? No turkey. How do you like that? Well, it looks like we'll all wind up eating turkey sandwiches at the drugstore. Yeah. Some Thanksgiving. The drugstore. Maybe Peavy's got a turkey. Hold everything, kids. I'll be right back. I'm going to the drugstore. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Peavy. Peavy, you've got to help me out. Well, I'm always glad to do a customer service. Good. Have you got a turkey? <laughs> uh, what was that again? Have you got a turkey? A turkey? Well, now, I've had people come in here and ask for some strange things, but this is the first time I've ever had a request for a turkey. It, but never mind that. Have you got one? Uh, no, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, turkeys are one thing that I don't carry. I'm sorry. Uh, have you tried the meat market? <laughs> of course I've tried the meat market. Why do you think I came in here? Yeah, I wondered. It... <laughs> now, just a minute, Peavy. You serve turkey sandwiches at your soda fountain, don't you? Yes, we do serve a turkey sandwich. You can't make a turkey sandwich without a turkey, can you? Well, now, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> In other words, Peavy, your turkey sandwich is not a turkey sandwich. Well, turkey sandwich has become a sort of a trade expression. Although we serve it with genuine cranberry jelly on the side. <laughs> but suppose you don't care for cranberry jelly. Well, then you just ask for the regular chicken sandwich. Yes, sir. <laughs> Peavy, I'm surprised at you. I don't know how you can sleep nights. Well, I did used to have a little trouble, but... I just take a cup of hot cocoa before going to bed now, and I find that sets me right. So does Mrs. Peavy. <laughs> well, this isn't finding a turkey. i got to get going. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Gildersleeve. Have a nice Thanksgiving. Same to you. Don't drink too much cocoa, and don't let Mrs. Peavy. Any luck, Uncle Mort? Uh, not a bit, my dear. I've been everywhere. It's no use. The Army's picked the place clean. There's not a single turkey left. Maybe I should warn those boys at camp. They'll do better if they stay there. Yes. Wait. There's just one chance left. What's that? If we can find out who won the turkey in Bertie's raffle, we might be able to buy it from him. Yeah, Bertie! Yes, Mr. Gilsley? Would you mind coming in here? 
Yes, sir? Bertie, do you know who won that turkey in your raffle? Uh, no, sir. Hmm. Do you think you could find out? Well, sir, I might be able to. Then again, I might not. What do you mean by that? Well, if I still find out who won, you might not like it. Come clean, Bertie. What bush are you beating about now? You know who won the turkey? Uh, yes. Well, why didn't you say so? Who is it? Well, you said never to mention Judge Hooker's name. Oh! <laughs> I told you you wasn't going to like it. Well, there goes our only chance. Uncle Moore, don't you think Judge Hooker would be willing to let you have it? After what I told him down at the ration board? No, my dear, I really gave him a piece of my mind there. But if you took it all back and invited him to dinner again... When he's got the turkey, he'd just laugh at me. He'd... he'd... uh... Wait a minute, uh, Bertie. Yeah? Does Judge Hooker know yet that he's won the turkey? No, sir. I'm supposed to deliver it to him this evening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, folks. I got to see a judge about a bird. <laughs> Horace, I've come to ask your forgiveness. You've come to the wrong place, Gildersleeve. That's a cruel attitude, Judge. But I don't blame you for taking it. You behave like a boor, Gildersleeve. You're right. A big boor. In front of a whole lot of people, too. Yeah. I could kick myself when I think of it. Yeah. You all fly off the handle sometimes. There was no excuse for it. Doing a thing like that to my old friend. Well, Gildy, of course. You may think me a sentimental old fool. But we've been pals for a good many years now, haven't we? Uh, off and on. <laughs> yes, Gildy, we have. Off and on. Yes. <laughs> and we've always had Thanksgiving dinner together, haven't we? Yeah, I guess that's right Well, I want you to have it with us again this year You really mean that? Horace, I've said it before And I mean it now more than ever If you don't come to Thanksgiving dinner It just won't be Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> Well then, I'll certainly be delighted to come Good, don't forget now I won't We'll be counting on you I'll be there What time would you like to have me come? Oh, come early, Judge. Uh, come about nine o'clock in the morning. Nine o'clock? Yeah. And when you come, would you mind bringing that turkey you won in the raffle, Judge? Well, Gildy, I've got to be going. But it's been a mighty pleasant day. Oh, stick around, Judge. The evening's young yet. No, I've got to get an early start in the morning. But I don't know when I've had a fine Thanksgiving. Well, it was your turkey, Judge. Yeah. I share my turkey, you share your car. That's the spirit today. Yeah, and the good spirit, too. It brings people together, Judge. Yes, it does, Gildy. I'm sorry we had that misunderstanding down at the ration board. As a matter of fact, you're probably entitled to a B-ration. You use your car for official business. Well, I don't want a B-book. What? No, I've been thinking about it, Horace. It seems to me the spirit of rationing is to get along with as little as you can, instead of grabbing all you can get. You're absolutely right, Gildy. And I'm glad to hear you say it. You're a credit to the community. Well, thank you, Horace. And you may rest assured that even though I only, I've only a humble A-ration, my car will still be at your service at all times. You mean that, Gildy? I do indeed. That's fine. I've got to meet a train at Moore's Junction at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. Good night, Gildy. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> heard on this program was composed and conducted by Billy Mills. This is Ken Carpenter speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to tune in again next week for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. This program reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. 
That's the Great Gildersleeve from November 22nd, 1942, a Thanksgiving episode starring Hal Perry, sponsored by Kraft, is heard on NBC. Let's take a break, then it's more of Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's Thanksgiving episodes of The Life of Riley and Father Knows Best. We'll see you then.